The teams that have qualified for the Platinum Cup are now finalized. Who are the final four? We'll have that answer and more in a moment. Hello there, Inklings, Octolings, and whatever other sea creatures you may identify as. My name is Kbot, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Splat, where I discuss some of the news and happenings in the competitive Splatoon scene in the past week. This week, after doing our normal brief roundup of the past week's events, we'll take a closer look at what happened in the Splat Japan League playoff on Sunday and set the final stage for the Platinum Cup. And we'll also dive a little deeper under the ink to find what's happened so far with Ludi's sixth season. As a reminder, you can send me a voice message through the Anchor mobile app on anything we've talked about today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the news this week. If you're not listening via Anchor, you can also send a quick voice clip to ecafeedsplat at gmail.com. Without further ado, let's get into it. There were plenty of tournaments this past week. Here are some of the highlights. On Tuesday, the Planetune Cup was revived, where out of 11 teams, Phantom beat Bet in Grand Finals 3-1. Black and Spoon had their largest event so far of 55 registered teams last Thursday with their Season 5 Rainmaker event, where in the end, Deep Blues beat Phantom 4-2 to take gold. Ink TV also held Extravaganza, their free agent tournament last week, where a team of Spectre, Ace, Gingerbreadman, and Gons took gold out of 28 teams. That's 112 free agents out there. Sendow's In the Zone series was also revived on Saturday, where pickup of Fuzzy, Ice, Erza, and Gray took gold. And of course, in-game, the Squid vs. Octopus Splatfest took place on Saturday during the first anniversary of Splatoon 2. The Octolings won the popularity contest, but the Inklings won both win percentages and were the victors of the Splatfest. <coughs> on Sunday, the Libelant Calamari, Meteor, and the GG Boys faced off in a Splat Japan League playoff event where the top two teams would be invited to represent Japan in Platinum Cup 4. The results of the round-robin play were as follows. GG Boys beat Meteor 3-1, Leibland Calamari beat GG Boys 3-2, and lastly, Leibland Calamari also beat Meteor 3-1. So therefore, the two teams to represent Japan in the Platinum Cup this time around are Leibland Calamari and the GG Boys. On the west side, another development has occurred. On Monday, Endgame TV released a statement. I've kind of shortened this statement just a little bit, just to make it fit a little bit uh, better with time constraints, as the whole statement is three pages long. I'll have a link to the full statement in the description below, but here's the bulk of it. Hey all, this is Irik from Endgame TV. For starters, here's the news. Kraken Paradise and FT Win will not be intending Platinum Cup. Set to Destroy X and Ghost Gaming will be representing North America and Europe in their place. This news has been hard to hear, for KP and FT Win players especially, for Endgame TV, for the Splat Japan League, and the Splatoon community. I cannot speak enough to the degree of work that we've made to try to get these two teams to Japan, and I, as well as the EGTV team, sincerely apologize for what has been a less than satisfactory turnout. A while back, we had been reached out to by SJL organizers to collaborate on a cool project, 
host a competition, and have the winners flown out to a showdown in Japan. It would be Platinum Cup 4, taking on some of the leading teams in the Splat Japan League. If we could help coordinate it, these organizers could completely fund it. This is an incredible opportunity. The event could have so many implications for the relations of an international Splatoon community, the future of some lucky unsponsored teams, and generally insane life experiences for players. So that's the setting. Back to the present. Why are KP and FT Win unable to go to Platinum Cup after winning Ink Storm Cup? Unfortunately, both teams had one or more of their younger players on Inkstorm Cup rosters unable to travel at all. Even in the face of parents of players disapproving of the trip, AC owned the process of calling parents personally, even keeping up with them after over text regularly, to explore possibilities for players to come. I can't express enough kudos to AC for doing this. For some, it worked, but it didn't work for everyone. After two of Kraken Paradise's members couldn't make it, we escalated having KP grab a player to sub as their fourth. It was at this point it became apparent that not just any substitute would be possible. I'll explain later. After discussing a good deal, it had been decided that Set to Destroy X, the runners-up, should take their spot. FT Win, in the meantime, had seemed largely able to go. While some passport work was needed, it was ultimately very doable. We started booking travel, but a, a day in after booking the first flu, few flights, we got hit with some awful news. A player's parent from FT Win, and thus the player as well, was no longer able to attend. Given the conclusion for KP, the same decision had to be made for FT Win. I think it's okay to say that it's been a disappointing one to two weeks. Not because we have bad blood with Set to Destroy X or Ghost Gaming, but because we knew of how great of an opportunity this was for both unsponsored teams. Getting exposure in the Japanese scene, as well as an international on an international level, would have been a huge boost. And, well, it's a trip to Japan. An expensive trip that most people have really only dreamed of doing in the community. To have that cancelled in, in this way is soul-crushing for the players, surely. This has certainly been a learning experience for us. It's safe to say that, regardless of whether whatever events we run, we are actively learning and listening to feedback to make everything we do better. Well, we can't say we've facilitated a, com a competition and experience as international as this in the past. We're glad to have taken this on and grown from it, and I'm still proud of the work our team has done. To the players that might be reading this, again, we're truly sorry this happened and we hope to create ways of making it up to the members of Kraken Paradise and FT Win and get them to a future LAN. I can't give enough thanks to SJL and Chinobism for, that have helped facilitate this entire process, and even simply entertaining the idea of this event and believing in us. They've shown a true commitment into creating inroads for both Japanese and Western scenes to coexist in as a visible of a way as possible. We're incredibly excited for what this event can entail. Thanks for everyone that has shown support for the players, teams, and the event. Both Set to Destroy X and Ghost Gaming have an incredible opportunity to represent our community and learn from some of the best. We can't express enough gratitude for it and look forward to sh delivering a show come Platinum Cup 4 and beyond. On that somber note, 
the four teams that will be participating in Platinum Cup 4 in Tokyo are now finalized. Even though the original teams from the West won't be able to attend, it'll still be a great event to watch nonetheless. As a reminder, mark your calendars and plan to wake up early in the Americas on August 4th. Exact time is to be announced, but you can bet that we will certainly let you know and we'll be covering it. We're now a total of four weeks through the sixth season of Leagues Under the Ink. Last week in the X Division, we had Ghost Gaming take down Resin 5-1 and Phantom beat Prophecy 5-1. A couple of other matches have been played from prior weeks, including Ghost Gaming beating Prophecy 5-0, Phantom beating Bonanza Brothers 5-1, and Ghost Gaming beating Bonanza Brothers 5-0. Of course, there is so much more to Leagues Under the Ink than just the top division. This week on the show, I sat down with Dragonudo, who's worked with Ludi for four seasons, to talk about how this season has progressed so far. So hi there, Dragonudo, and thanks for joining me. Hi, Cable. Uh, yeah, I'm good. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So uh, to start, what kind of changes does Ludi Season 6 offer when compared to past seasons, maybe? Well, I guess the big thing is the naming choice and how we basically ch- overhauled the division, uh, divisions mm-hmm. and how we named them and how we've uh, set them up. So groups are smaller now. Uh, the season is a, a little bit shorter and um, we've kind of excluded X from the rest of the division. So Division X being the top division, we separated that from the rest of the division so that there was sort of a divide. Not to separate the top players, but to separate the focus because the focus really should be on the lower teams and how they climb their way up and how they uh, build themselves up as a team over the period of the season. Okay, interesting. Uh, what do you think some of the reception of the general public has been to those kinds of changes so far? Mostly positive, I guess. I mean, we always have backlash when it comes to changes in looting, well, and right. we have backlashes if we stay the same. It always, always happens, and we kind of get used to it. Um, I didn't really mention it, but I think the most positive thing that's come out of the new season would be the seating council. So we took community members that we thought were uh, prolific and they had a good understanding of how the community worked. And we um, invited them to join us over where we basically took all of the opinions and made a a stronger effort into building uh, a seating list. Because one of the main complaints we always got was the seating's not right or there's something wrong with the seating. Mm -hmm. So we really pushed towards that, made it a lot bigger and better i guess uh really structured it um well, nice we had we had tables and everything it was it's very <laughs> <laughs> special and it worked well <laughs> well that's good um so personally kind of talking about what's kind of transpired over the past uh four weeks so far i've noticed that some teams in the x division i mean i've typically been paying attention most to the x division uh especially on this podcast some teams in the X Division haven't played more than one of their matches so far and are kind of like saving them for later. Is, yeah. So is that kind of like a widespread issue across all the divisions? Is it just an X Division? And like, why is it happening? And why is there nothing kind of actively being done about it? Because don't you all have some kind of a rule that says you can only reschedule one match? See, it's kind of hard to say. It doesn't happen as much below Division 1 because teams are a lot more... Um, well, we're a lot more strict on the teams below them. Along, basically, X Division is sort of there as a courtesy. We 
we don't have Luthi isn't tailored towards those teams, so they mm-hmm. have a lot more relaxed rules. And really, the only the only um there's only Group A really is behind that far. Uh, group B and uh, X Division is perfect. They're, they've got two or three of their games. There's only one team really in there that hasn't really performed that well, or oops, sorry, hasn't really performed all of their matches. At the moment. Right. But um, for the most part, it's it's not really affected the divisions. There have been a lot of reschedules, however, and that's going to really come up soon um, in the coming weeks since we're coming to the right. end of the season. Um, that's going to really come up and people are going to be pressed because they have to fit these matches in. And they, they were, well, they rescheduled them for a good reason most of the time. It's mm-hmm. uh, time constraints or uh, time zone constraints. It, it never really works out like that. So right. to help help this... We've kind of given people another transfer. Like we've done this in previous seasons. It usually works out really well because we give them that extra transfer and they can bring a player in which can bolster their roster. And then in that case, they can basically, they have more people to schedule matches with, mm-hmm. which makes it so much easier for them to finish that match. Right. But yeah, there, there have been some issues with people <laughs> rescheduling a lot of their matches in X. Um, but like I said, it's it's a lot more lax up at that sort of area right. because it's not as important for them. Gotcha. Um, so another thing that's kind of been uh, going around just in the community is that uh, Leagues Under the Ink might be slightly understaffed or even though you have like 10 people on your staff, um, so do do you think you guys as a staff are feeling understaffed? Do you think uh, you need a couple of extra hands on deck or a couple more active hands on deck? Um, I can see where that why or why not? From. Well, I can see where that concern is coming from. A lot of the time, we do, don't have enough time to respond to all the messages in help desk. I mean, we've got a lot of players to juggle, a lot of teams to juggle. I believe uh, it's quite a, a, a hundred and... 56 teams i'm not too sure of the exact number but mm-hmm. it's mid 100 right. and it's 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 a lot of teams to manage but you could say um we're understaffed i'd say we're looking at ways to bolster our staff at the moment uh taking from uh, sources more discreetly because we want to we want to rigorously test our staff and we want to really want to pick from the best here mm-hmm. and whilst <laughs> as a staff we're quite lax in our atmosphere we're not very right. um strict and uptight we don't we don't hold a strict set of chatting rules or anything like that we try our very best to be friendly and interact interact with the community well Mm -hmm. however we also have our own constraints uh a lot of our staff is eu which is why we're looking more towards the north american side of bringing new staff in because uh we get a lot of messages in the middle of the day and unfortunately for us in the middle of the day in the eu might be in the morning for na right. and we we're, we're already at work we're in the middle of our day we we can't mm-hmm. really go into the chat and uh start messaging or go onto the the excel documents and start changing up the transfers and fixing everything up yeah. uh, we can answer subtle uh, normal questions but most of the time it's a lot harder for us to do that so mm-hmm. bringing in these extra na staff uh, north american staff should help alleviate these troubles but at the moment we're kind of just it's it's in it's in the back of our minds, but it's it's there. We are bringing staff in and kind of discussing among ourselves who we actually do want to bring on. Um, right. We did bring on Kim this season, uh, so, uh, Kimmer. Mm-hmm. He came on this season. He came on off of the the staff. Uh, no, not the staff. The seating <laughs> the seating council. Right. Yeah, he came with us off the seating council. We realized he was really into into Luti and that he could bring a lot of help with us uh, with him to us. So uh, that's kind of gone well. He's helping out with the transfers and the documents, and he knows the rules well, so that's good. That's good, then. Um, so kind of taking more of a uh, results kind of uh, 
side of things. Are there any upsets? I know I know you haven't really prepared anything right now, but are there any uh, teams you think that have kind of stood out to you as you've been, you know, going through and putting in some of the results as kind of like surprising or shocking over the course of the season or any upsets you'd like to call out or things like that? Um, I don't really want to be rude to any of the teams, but I I, I kind of wanted to see more out of Gemini, honestly. Yeah. Um, they did drop shortly after the season began uh, due to some complaints that they had, but also something that they'd done during the, the course of the season, which I don't really want to go into. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit controversial. We um, penalized them for it, of course, but kind of we keep that under the table. We don't keep that in the public eye. Right. We, we try and keep that private. Um, a team that I'm actually quite proud of is Memes Are Us. <laughs> they've done a really good job in uh, Division One. Uh, they've done a really, really good job. I'm very proud of them. Uh, they're a good team. One of our staff members is part of that team, and he's, they're doing well. They're doing well. Yeah. They, they came from a bunch of nobodies, and they really proved <laughs> themselves over the past couple of weeks, just before Lutie started. So that's why we brought them on. Yeah. But yeah, uh, for the most part, things are going kind of as we planned because our seeding was on the on the better side this time. So we actually got that's it good. quite well. Aside from, of course, the drops that we've been suffering, which yeah. always happens this season. But um, for the most part, it's going quite well. That's good, then. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add about kind of summarizing what's happened so far in Season 6 in general? Or maybe talking about, you know, what it, what is left in Ludi Season 6, including playoffs for some of these teams, you know, what's on the line here. Um, so okay. if there's anything else you want to add, go ahead. So, so we're four weeks in, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of matches have been played. Where we're not all the way through the season yet, but a lot of matches have been played and people are sort of getting the handle of the Luti and the formula and how to go go about scheduling their matches with teams. So all the new teams coming in uh, have that experience now of scheduling matches with teams and helping people out. And I think, again, this happens every season, but we teach new players how to play the game at a competitive level. It's a slower environment, but it teaches people how to schedule their matches, talk to new teams, Mm-hmm. interact and uh, figure out how to use help desk effectively um really season six it's gone well mm-hmm. it's one of the better divisions uh one of the better seasons in fact so far i believe uh see i've, I've been uh, in since season three so i've been i've been here for about half of the seasons at the moment right and um this is definitely one of the least controversial seasons we've had it's again shorter and we're coming up on week five now. We're in week five at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, during week five, it's really the make or break time. This is when teams are winning those matches to go to playoffs. So they need to be winning matches this week if they want to make it to playoffs. To Well, I mean, they could be going up a division. You never know. Uh, from groups, just from their performance in groups. But at playoffs, that's really where the divisions uh, really whittle down to the better players and the better teams. And going from those teams to a higher division they want they want to progress don't they mm-hmm. they want to go up they want to they want to progress further into the hierarchy of blue well the hierarchy of blue and uh, <laughs> really seeing how that all goes it's uh, it's quite it's quite uh enthralling to see awesome so the is it top two teams out of every group are going to playoffs so top top two teams out of every group go to playoffs okay i believe gotcha uh and those two teams will then go into those playoffs and fight against all the other teams in the groups in the divisions for that top spot. So there'll be a winner for every division. And gotcha. um, we'll obviously put those on our Twitter and we'll do what right. we can. Um, I just it's kind of like a, a thing. We are looking towards trying to get it streamed. I, it's hard. It's tough. We need 
we're trying to get hands on deck. I've we've been contacting right. around it. It's really hard to do. And um since Luz is so expansive in the amount of matches that are played every week, picking those matches to uh broadcast is hard and obviously there's people that are gonna be disappointed that their matches didn't get broadcast. Right. But um working towards that we really wanna push that when it comes to playoffs and try and get those teams onto this um sort of visible stage where mm-hmm. we can kind of show them off to everybody else these new teams these play- people that haven't really played the game before really just oh, well n- sorry not haven't really played i haven't really played in the competitive environment right. more and and show uh-huh. them off to other players who might be free agents or other other players that might really want to get into the community and really get in, down into that competitive side but at the moment they're just sort of casual and we want to show them that they can be introduced nice and easily through leagues all right, sounds good. Uh, thank you again for joining me. Is there anywhere where people can find you on Twitter or uh, find Ink Leagues anywhere? Uh, any so other shout-outs on... you'd like to give? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Dragonspeakers, so that's with a Z. And you can also find Looty on Twitter if you just basically look up Looty in the search bar. I think it's – sorry, look up leagues under, Ink Leagues in the search bar at, at Ink Leagues. And through that, you can probably find our – yeah, you can find our Discord link and uh all of our rules and to be honest this is a going away thing everybody please read the rules for Lucy. it's extremely <laughs> important um the amount of people that read our rules is m- minimal we do a lot of the reading out the rules again in the help right. desk and that, it's not really nice it's not having nice having to write those rules out and then having to spew them back even though it's sometimes good for clarification so if you really want to get into ink leagues and you're dedicated to splatoon for six weeks at a time uh, at varying times throughout the year uh, join Inkleaks, it's awesome <laughs> alright thank you very much, T- take care you too man, take care to find out more about Ludi and see how your favorite team is doing, you can go to the discord server which will be linked below Ludi also has a twitter account mentioned in the uh, interview there which is at Inkleaks for news updates and the like be sure to check those out and sign up for the next season of Ludi if your team is interested in getting weekly Splatoon action with teams of your own skill level. That's it for this week's episode of the Weekly Splat. Thanks for tuning in. Everything that's been talked about today will be linked in the podcast description, including more information about Leagues Under the Ink, so if you're interested to find out more, be sure to check that out. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, and follow me on Twitter for consistent updates at kbot underscore 273. If you have any feedback, feel free to message me there as well. The Weekly Splat works in tandem with Ecofeed, as both products aim to keep you, Splatoon players, informed about the competitive community. If you're not already following Ecofeed on Twitter, I suggest you do to stay up to date with the most recent competitive Splatoon news. Thanks again for listening, Cephalopods, and happy splatting.